Hello, and welcome to Season 2 of So You Owned a VW Bus, a podcast fueled by the stories, the tall tales, the swashbuckling adventures and misadventures of those who deign to drive the iconic Volkswagen Combi. I am Ryan. And I am Miracle. Last season, we brought you stories from our home in Southwest Ohio. But this season starts in the Finger Lakes of New York, the land of wine and waterfalls, where Ryan and I took our bus, Addie, for a long weekend. Because so many people walk up to us and tell us their bus stories, I usually carry around my podcasting equipment, ready to capture the next great story that comes our way. You're a real Johnny on the spot. And it worked, didn't it? Sort of. We were at a laundromat where we met this really interesting bus owner named Joe. Super interesting guy who has what he calls a car farm. Said he owned more than 80 VWs. He makes his own wine. He hosts a music festival. Super interesting guy. We did not get his interview. And Ryan was seriously bummed. Yeah, we were sitting at this cafe waiting for Joe to meet with us. And and then I called him and he said he wasn't feeling very well and he had to cancel on us. And when Ryan sat back down at the table, I was talking to this lovely couple and I could tell right away that Ryan was deflated. So we finished eating and paid the bill and we left. And the couple I'd been talking to walked out behind us. When they saw our bus, the husband said something like, well, that takes me back. I turn around and I'm like, uh, yeah. And his wife, a woman with the loveliest German accent says, oh, yes, we drove one of these around Germany many years ago. I've never seen Ryan's mood recover more quickly. So this couple... Bo and Susanna jumped into the backseat of Addie right there in the parking lot along New York Route 414 and told us about their VW life. Yes, um, back in the uh, 70s, I was a a professional musician in Germany. Uh, We had uh, just moved in together, and um, we bought ourselves a VW van, much like this one, except this was the old 70s version. The engine was... Yeah, I guess they're still in the back. Uh, um, we built a little built a little bed in there uh, in the back that we could fold out, and um, we did some traveling in it. And for a while, actually, while Susanna was pregnant with our first son, um, we were living in the van. We didn't ha- we were between homes. We were we were looking, looking for a, for place a new to place. Live. Had left the old place, uh, so we were living in the van, driving around Germany. Um, and, uh, Susanna had to, um, had to bear my learning to play fiddle while we were living in that van. And if you've ever heard somebody, when they first start to play fiddle, it's, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. What good fortune. A couple of people who couldn't wait to tell us about their time as musicians some 40 plus years ago. I was hanging on every word. We loved them, you know. They were certainly great for when we were touring because with the bed in the back, because, you know, we're folk musicians, man. They weren't putting us up in the, in the Hilton. You know, a lot of times we were just either sleeping on floors or sleeping in the car. There were a lot of musicians who bought them, and they, not just VWs, they had others too. And, uh, you know, it was just a home away from home. And in fact, at one point, I was here in the States traveling, and I had a drive-away car, and I didn't have my home with me. 
and I was so <laughs> longing for that VW bus because, you know, no matter how miserable it got, you could always pull over and crawl into the back and sleep. <laughs> and, in fact, when we went up to Scandinavia for, for a trip in the summer one year, you know, it doesn't get dark there, so we could drive whenever we felt like it and then crawl in the back whenever we felt like it because night and day were all the same. And we had this little the thing it had, uh, they call it in Germany, a Standheizung. I don't know if you have one here. It was a little independent electrically run heater so we could heat the cabin when we were parked. I remember we spent, uh, remember New Year's Eve in Rotterdam? We <laughs> went to Rotterdam, New Year's Eve, and we were watching, there was a TV store. So we parked outside of this TV store, and they had some shows running on the TVs. And we just sat in the van, and we watched TV in the TV store <laughs> without sound in our van. <laughs> and we were in bed because yeah, it was, you really couldn't run that uh, that heater too long. So we just <laughs> run it to get into bed, warm enough to get into bed, and then in the morning. So during the night, you know, in the evening, we had to be in, under warm covers. So this was perfect. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> To watch Bo and Susanna recall this snowy New Year's Eve memory was incredible. They looked at each other, and you could tell that they are just as much in love today as they were when they were without a home in Germany. They hold hands, and they laugh, and they look at each other when they talk. When we did uh, find a place, we, you know, that was still my, my touring car. And me and my partner, I had a, a, a buddy I was playing music with at the time as a duo, so we did all of our touring in that van. Now, the thing about Bo is that he is a presence, a real showman. So I knew this was the wind-up to a story. But what a story it was. So we're returning from a gig. By that time, you were a whole band. Yeah, by this time, we had a whole band. There was a friend of ours was touring with us. His girlfriend was with us. Uh, so I think there's four of us in the van. And we're coming back from a gig in the Black Forest in Germany, which is down in the south. And this is our friend. We're going to a friend's house who lived down deep in the Black Forest. And we're on this very, very dark road. And all of a sudden, there's two deer in the middle of the road. And my friend Ken is driving. I'm in the front seat. And there's just no time to react with two of them there. So it hits the deer one of them and i remember i still have this remember the deer flying away like a ball flies away from a baseball bat now if you recall uh you see you still have that little emergency brake well what happens when you hit something in the front that emergency brake gets crushed and slammed on so it locks the back wheels we skid turn around and we stop and now we're halfway out, back of the van, halfway out onto this black, dark road. The front end's kind of stuck up. And we can't move it because the parking brake is just jammed. You can't move this thing. So, and now this is this road is really dark. No streetlights, no nothing. I'm really worried some crazy German driver's going to come speeding down and man, hit the back of the van. So... Just 100, so 200 yards down, there's a farmer's house, and the lights went on. They must have heard it. Uh, and I go down, and I say, 
I'm pretty agitated. And I say, we hit, in the German word, a ray, a ray. Now, in Germany, there's two names for deer. The smaller, I'm not sure what uh, species they are, but there's a smaller one they call a ray, and there's a bigger one they call a hirsch, the bigger species of deer, the big horns. So we got to walk. The deer is laying in between the car and the farmer's house. So the farmer's walking up with me to the car, and he stops at the deer, and he goes, that's not a ray. That's a hirsch. It's, it's definitely a hirsch. Yeah. Look at it. And I'm going, we got to go get my car out of the... No, that's a hirsch. That's no, there's no way that's a ray. No, that's that's can't be. So, okay, finally we get past it. Okay, it's a hirsch. I got it. <laughs> we get up to the car. So he's... And I'm still terrified some guy's going to come stream, screaming down the road. So he gets his son... And they get their tractor to haul, except instead of going to the front end of the car and pulling it into the field, the guy hooks up the back of the truck and starts trying to pull it across the road. So now I have a Volkswagen van, a tractor, and a taut steel chain spread across the road, just waiting to decapitate the next guy that drives by. And I'm going, no, no, stop, stop, stop. You got no, don't, don't. He, he finally unhooked it, turned around, and we pulled it into the field, and nobody hit us. That was the end of the van. It was so crushed. Uh, those front ends, uh, they just get mashed. It was total. There was, you know. uh, apparently, the catastrophe in the Black Forest didn't sour Bo's feelings about buses. That being said, they were great vehicles. I mean, the amazing thing, especially compared to today's vehicles, I don't know about a modern VW, but you could work on that engine. I mean, I don't know how many times I pulled the engine. You take the engine out of one of these things, you take off the back bumper, take off four bolts, and you push the van off the engine. And you've taken the engine off, and you can get at the clutch. So I did all the work on that. I, I spent... But he didn't know anything about car mechanics, and we had this book, VW... You know the book? By John Muir. By yeah. John Muir. Yes. <laughs> and I would sit on the curb and read to him what he had, had to, to do. do. That's how he learned how to work on after, that. After five years, that book was just grease-marked. But, <laughs> man, that told you everything about how to, you know, deal with it. it. What really doesn't come across on audio is Susanna's presence. Bo is certainly an entertainer and an excellent storyteller. I was curious about Susanna's story, so I wrote to her after the interview. She was gracious enough to send back an email and tell us a little more about herself. She started out as a teacher and went to live in Stockholm for a year to teach German, where she met Bo. After they moved to U.S. in 1980, she couldn't get hired as a German teacher because she didn't have any coursework in German. Then, a genetics professor at Cornell was willing to hire her as a technician, even though she hadn't had any science training except for some high school biology. That was the beginning of 26 years of research and teaching at Cornell. More recently, her and Bo were intensely involved in the battle against fracking in New York, and they got involved in their local elections. They helped turn their all-Republican town board to majority Democrat. 
throughout all their political projects, they have advocated for the use of paper ballots. Now, Susanna says, they are ready to retire and gently grow old with their various passions. So we went from not having any interview to a really superb interview with some amazing humans. I really thought my day couldn't get any better. And then this happened. Actually, we know two other people in this area with DW buses. Oh, right, Brett. They still have them? Yes. Uh, Yeah. Brett is still traveling around in them. He lives right nearby. uh, Yeah. Um, He's just up the road. Um, Brett Beardsley. So join us for episode two of season two when we go down the road to meet Brett and his famous 58 panel van, Juicy Lucy. Trust me, you're going to want to hear this story. You can see all of our photos from the Finger Lakes on our Instagram, On the Road with Addie. And you can catch up with us and our latest adventures and where we're at on the road by visiting our website, ontheroadwithaddie.com. Addie is spelled A-D-I-E. Until next time. <laughs>